Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. And a very warm welcome to Caucus. I'm Guy and Espen. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Guy on and Tim. Hi. <laughs> Hi, I'm Tim Watkin. You're Lisa Owen. Here we are, Caucus number four. 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 Yeah. You didn't seem so sure there. There was another caucus who made a very certain decision today and a rare decision. They don't usually get to choose their leaders of late, the Labour Party. And this week they have chosen Jacinda Ardern. And already, Lisa, we're talking about, what, the Jacinda effect and Jacinda mania? Yeah, it's kind of like she's turned into Beyonce or Madonna. She doesn't have a second name anymore. It's just Jacinda, which in itself is, is interesting, isn't it? Is really interesting. So I was I watched this with great interest. You had Andrew Little falling on his sword in the morning there. He had the two party whips standing behind him looking sort of kind of sad and abandoned. And then a couple of hours later you see Jacinda in the halls of Parliament with this great entourage, the Labour front bench marching her into her press conference and boy did she take control of that. Yeah. Yes, I am, Barry, and my team would not have selected me if they didn't believe that also. What, what do you believe equips you for that? I've had nigh on 20 years of experience working in and around politics, but I also bring with me a pretty diverse rural background. Um, you know, granted, I am a young proposition for the party, but this team has worked alongside me for nine years. They have faith in me, and I absolutely believe I'm up to the job. Can you personally, do you have the personal attributes to, as Prime Minister, compile a government that includes both the Greens, Winston Peters and the Labour Party? Could you compile it and manage it? I used to be the president of an international youth organisation that had members from Lebanon, Palestine and Israel. I think I can do this. That was uh, Jacinda Ardern at her first press conference as Labour Party leader, and she was strong. You can hear it in her voice. The tone of voice is confident. Labour spent yeah. years not really looking like it stands, not quite knows what it stands for, and she blew that out in a, in a matter of half an hour. And she deployed um, all, all those techniques, in, including that, that certainty. And her... Yeah, she conducted it. She called people by their names, and I haven't seen something like that. John Key would be the nearest comparison. She Every reporter she went to, she called them by their first name and she had the chin slightly up in the air and her tone was firm, like, don't mess with me I've got this, and when she was challenged, and I think it was Barry Soper who raised again with her her cred and her ability to bring together a coalition, she was um, words to the effect of, yeah, I can do it why, don't you think I can? Tell me why. A great combination of that certainty and that authority mixed with humour and I I (laughs) always say, you don't, don't underestimate estimate the power of humour in engaging with people and as a tool in politics. And then just a few hours in, she is presented (laughs) with another question, this time not at a press conference, but from Mark Richardson on the AM show. You don't find this an inappropriate question? For me, no, because I opened myself up to it. 
but you. For other women, it is totally unacceptable in 2017 to say that women should have to answer that question in the workplace. But this is my that point. Is unacceptable. No, that. No, that is unacceptable okay. in 2017. It is a woman's decision about when they choose to have children. It should not predetermine whether or not they are given a job or have Hold job on. opportunities. What people are doing with me saying that, I just think it's unfair for an employer. He's got someone there in front of him and he wants to employ them, wants to give them the job. He needs to know at some stage down the line he may need to have to allow in his organisation for that person to take a leave but a year saying, of leave. I love the way you're saying it's I mean, a I'm man. not saying yeah. don't employ that person. Then Look at our last esteemed leader. She set this show up absolutely beautifully when you should have to leave. She got things in place. She'll be welcome back anytime she wants. And, the, and I'm sure this organisation had to allow for that. Okay. It's nice just, to know that. If you're, if you're asking the question at the time you're making a decision around employment, you're implying it's going to have an impact as to whether you choose to employ that person or not. That is what I'm saying is unacceptable. It should not predetermine whether or not someone has okay. a job opportunity. You're saying that I would, therefore, that would prejudice my decision. Why would you ask if it wasn't going to prejudice because your decision? Because you, you might desperately want that person because they're, a, they're going to be a great employee. You, you need to be able to prepare let's just in put, advance. Let's just think Everyone about... Everyone needs to be able to prepare in advance. Let's just think that through. Would you ask, an, would you ask um, a, a man whether or not they're likely to have kids in the future? The question because is, whether or not they would have okay. shared responsibility. Yes. Okay. I wanted to play oh, the whole. I wanted oh, to play that long because it showed the whole exchange, Lisa. Oh, I, I'm just cringing. I've got my head in my hands listening to that. And at the time, I thought she put in a stellar um, performance or, on the show, and she handled it very well. And I was just thinking, Mark, stick down the shovel. The hole is just getting too big. Walk away. <laughs> um, and I, I was appalled. I'm appalled that she's asked those questions. Having been asked some of those in a professional capacity myself, did I forget to have children, and did I want to tell people whether I had something wrong? with my woman bits to explain why I didn't have children. I just think it's utterly appalling and you mm. wouldn't ask a man and that is the point. Yeah. Bill English has a lot of kids nobody's asking him well, how he was, he's going. he was 39 yeah. and with six children when he became the opposition leader in 2001 and the questions weren't asked of No, and, of and Stephen about... Joyce who's running the campaign has had a child while he's been in Parliament um, yeah, and, um, and there's plenty no, of no others who that. do it's not. She was very gracious in the way she handled it and so much as saying that I have brought it up pre Previously. It's something that I've put on the record and discussed. So I accept the question that would be asked of me, but there was a very clear line, and that's where she showed her mettle there. But said, terms, don't be asking other women. In terms of politics, I, I thought it was a real moment. It was an, a, exactly. a moment very early on in her leadership when she turned on television to the presenter, brought him into the uh, discussion, actually, and pointed the finger at him. Literally. Literally. Now, that was a moment for people. That's been shared a lot on Twitter. It's made news around the world. Now, OK, it's not going to be the defining issue of the election campaign, but a very early opportunity for her to show her mettle, and she pulled it off pretty well. Yeah, and let's talk about the political context because you've got to remember that Helen Clark was dogged by questions all the time around this or belittled in some circumstances because she didn't have children. And I can't remember who challenged her on it once in the House where she was told basically, well, how can you talk about that? How would you know about that? You don't have children. Oh, Jacinda, Ma- Maggie, no, Barry no, talk, talk, Mag- Maggie, Maggie, Maggie Barry did that to Jacinda Ardern. Yes, so but she's also been to that Helen Clark had previous. that as well. Yeah. And I sort of think that was an opportunity where she just met it head on and wasn't going to trifle with that. Okay. Can I just, on that, because Mark Richardson showed the National Party exactly what 
not, not to, to do. do. <laughs> that, that, that is exactly and, the and, danger that Bill English has as, as, get, as an older white guy. And we'll get on to Nationals' reaction in just in just a second because they're facing real questions about how they do deal with Jacinda Ardern. But I, I want to look first, a bit more hard-headed uh, fashion, at Jacinda Ardern, the pros and cons. Because it's it's not all Jacinda mania. There are, uh, you know, there are weaknesses with any politician and she has had them. She has stood for three electorates and not won any of them. She stood in the Waikato in 2008. Then she lost to Nikki Kay twice in Auckland Central. And the party vote both those times was well, well down for Labour on what National had actually achieved. So it's not a slam dunk for Labour, is it? No, it's not. And it's interesting when you kind of look at the numbers. And and I have been looking at Andrew Little's um, numbers in the polls. He was in the the early 30s and polling in the 30s for much of the time that he was in the leadership. Straight after the 2014 election, his lowest poll would have been 29%. And then he steadily goes up, 30, 31, 33, 32, 31, 32, 30. And then until he's not until he's 26% and lower. But actually, that was only three polls. So what do we expect of her about how... She won't put a number on it herself. She was very good at dodging dodging those questions, saying, I don't think it's helpful to put a number on it. But what could our expectations be about that? Are they going to be happy if they get a three in front of the number? Is this that going is, to be the benchmark? This, this, for me, is the key thing, is that, is that all this does is really rewind the tape maybe a week or two. And that's probably enough for Labour because the trend was not their friend, right? They were yep. potentially in danger of, um, you know, yes, it was probably slightly some heroic assumptions, but there was talk around that they could fall off a cliff, that this could be, you know, the, the end of the Labour Party or Winston could be Prime Minister. All of that kind of narrative was really starting to hurt. Now this takes them back a couple of weeks where they are in a situation where they can start talking about early 30s again, maybe. Um, and that... You know, I've had a lot of people on the, on the left saying to me... a considerable jump. Sure, it is a considerable jump. And people on the left are going, what, can we actually win again? Can we? And I'm going, well, what does win mean? Win means you get back into the situation where... Well, basically, Winston's back in play, but you get back into yeah. the game. And at, least they're, at least they're asking that questions That's of, right. of themselves. I would, um, you know, it's always dangerous to, to stick your neck out, but I would, I would imagine that this... Uh, leadership change would bring Labour back into the 30s. I would not be surprised at the next polling coming out to show them around the 30s. I would think a three in front of it Mm. at least. And that gives you the opportunity to climb to that magic 35 It makes some things possible. If if you're there, then you've got a real chance of forming a government. Now, you're right, Lisa, in my view, that that is a bit heroic at the moment. But given the real shift, and we are, look, it's speculation, isn't it? But we, we, you know, you think you can feel it. It feels similar to when John Key took over in 2006. People uh, you meet who aren't normally engaged in politics are going, wow, Jacinda Ardern. Mm. The media plays a big role in this. I haven't seen front page coverage for two days running on all our newspapers across the country, television, radio, all the same. She has a real opportunity, if she can capitalise on it, to actually build I think that's into an the 30s. Point. This is not this is not the, no, this is the beginning. This is, the this is an opportunity. Yeah. That's it, all. It's the ability to capitalize on that. And you look back at all these leaders and there have been a few in labor over the last few years. All of them get a bump straight after yes. they take over the role. They get a 2 to 3 point bump. So you would expect that 
this, whether she can hold it. And we're talking about basically a seven-week period. And we've talked about how Winston Peters is the one who generally goes up the most during the, the campaign period. Well, I looked back over an eight-week period before um, the 2014 election, and the only person to go up significantly during that time was Winston Peters, and he gained four points. He went from uh, around the fours, early fours, to 8.6% at, at the election night result. So four points in about seven weeks. So if you were putting your best money on it, if she gets four points in seven weeks, yep. she's still I mean, under propor- the... Proportionately, they would hope yes, to do better than that. proportionately, they would. But, but my, my, feeling, I, yeah, my, fe- my feeling is it's more of an earthquake than that. I could yeah. be proven wrong. I, I, I think this feels more like a, a sudden jump in the polls. That's but there, are, there are two things. One of the timing... The timing really helps her, right? So the seven weeks out is good. She actually, the, the, the questions will be around, and this is the other hard-headed thing, the questions will be around her experience, and that has to come through. I think we there is there has been some in, some initial response, um, people saying, you can't you can't raise the age, um, but she would be our youngest ever yeah, Prime but, Minister. But, this is but, significant. But the, and the, people pre- will the President wonder. of France... Yeah, of France sure. is 39. 39. Okay, now that is a country of. Uh, Lisa will have the number. In the, <laughs> I don't know that. It's about 80 million or something, is it? Okay, so it's, it a, huge, small. it's a yeah. huge economy. The I, president of France is 39. On your experience thing, too, she's got more experience in parliament than John Key had yep. when he took over. She came into parliament, she's been in parliament for nine years. Nine years. But, but yeah. nine years. So yeah. I, I just think, well, if I, were, if I were national and I saw that, and let's move on to parliament. Possibly but, to to their reaction, but do you think that um, you would go down that track to attack her on experience? I, I I think that it speaks for itself to some extent. You've got to be you got to be careful with it, and it depends who does it. I think the women of the National Party, um, the the Nikki Kays and the Maggie Barrys and the Paula Bennett will will be the ones who will lead most of the the negative stuff. Mm. Um, because as does... Mark Richardson showed, you cannot you know middle aged white guys can only do so much. It puts it puts Phil <laughs> English Phil English and Stephen Joyce so yes. in a really difficult position. <laughs> They, 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 and especially the other point that she made in her press conference: relentless positivity. Yes, and 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 a start. It's a stark contrast from a thirty-year veteran in Bill English, um, who was a sober and sombre kind of guy. And I so w- there is a clear. Labour has that clear air now between the parties, in perception at least. But I look, look no, I do think experience mm. is a legitimate thing. Yeah, of course youngest, it's youngest, youngest ever Prime Minister in New Zealand's history. Um, yes, like nine years. Though, nine almost, years in Parliament. Nine years in Parliament. Yeah. There used to be that thing that, you know, what, what, what have they done outside of Parliament? Stop being ageist. No, Stop being ageist. No, I don't think you can... Experience and ageism is different. Yes, exactly. Young so people you can, can be experienced. No, exactly. She and so nine, nine years, years is running experience. the country. And yes, she has failed to win those electorates that you talked about, but Auckland Central was a massive... It was was close, and they were massive races, and I'm sure that that brought a lot of experience, and Mm. as Guyan points out about John Key and the level of experience he had... he wasn't a minister. He hadn't... Remember, he had not been a minister either. He went straight into being Prime Minister from being a backbencher, and when you talk to him... And David Longy came in very... You know, David Longy came in very fresh too. I think he's 40. About a year older than... No, sorry, 40... Almost 42. In terms terms of attacking her... Yeah, and in terms of... It was 40 41 and 300 and something days. I, I can tell you that. In terms of attacking here, they need to be careful whoever does it because obviously we saw Nikki Kay have a real go at her when she took over um, the deputy's position. A cosmetic and, and, facelift. Yeah, well, and what were some of the things she said? She said, I struggle to name anything Jacinda has done. Mm. She used the attack line that you're talking about. She said, she's all show and no substance and there'll be a whole lot of photo opportunities. That went down like a cup okay. of cold well, sack. Well, let's listen to how Bill English 
uh, greeted the news of Jacinda Ardern's rise? Oh, look, she's a quite competent politician and I think is showing some real strength of character stepping up into this role just two months out from an election because the challenge is huge. She has to make the Labor Party look more appealing uh, and the Labor Party just have a bunch of ideas that are negative about New Zealand and don't really connect with the aspirations of the public. So there you've got Bill English um, doing what I think they will do, which is not making it about personality, they're making it about party and policy. They'll say, you know, fresh coat of paint, the party is still the messed up party that it was, that you perceived it to be um, a few weeks ago. But, um, yeah, backhanded compliment. Brilliant backhanded yeah, compliment, and, and, wasn't it? And in my view, <laughs> it's Bill English's worst nightmare, this. I think he was preparing to go up against Andrew Little. With Andrew Little and Bill English, it was sort of mutually assured boredom, really, wasn't it? Was. Um, <laughs> in a way. Which is can't... partly why the media's got a... so excited, right? Well, well, it is, and that's life. And we're, yep. we're humans, but... and we engage with people in a human way. And let's face it, neither of them were going to set a debate on fire. Now he's dealing with an entirely different creature. He's dealing with a young woman who's new to this job and who really is sets herself up in a stark contrast to Bill English and he'll be thinking back to 2002 when he was up against Helen Clark and got completely wiped out and they will be nervous. They will, they it's a, will be it's a, nervous. It's a pressing game now to, to use the sporting analogy. The the National has been pl- kicking the ball around, keeping it in its own at its feet and not coming under pressure. Now they're under pressure and could they make mistakes? I find it really interesting. I want to know what I'd really like to know is how much discussion went on behind the scenes because this all happened really quickly about what kind of face they were going to present because you brought up that phrase relentlessly positive. Yep. She has said that several times. It's like the penny has dropped that they want to communicate in a different way, that being the negative party is not working for them. She also said in a couple of her interviews, including yours, Guy, on that it's their job to highlight what's going wrong in government, but they need to do it in a way that exudes positivity. They need to say, we can be better. That's and a lovely line. Her, She's got that line. She keeps using we're a great that country. phrase. It's, it's like Hillary Clinton, like, we don't need to be great again. We already are. She's, we're a great country but we can be better. So they're turning that perception around from sort of the beige, negative, angry to sunshine. The other thing I wanted to raise here is the way Labour selects its leaders. Yeah. In my view, this is going to really raise the prospect of whether Labour needs to look at ditching its way of electing its leaders where you go out to the membership and to the affiliated unions and you only give caucus a part of the say. Um, that system has delivered David Cunliffe. It delivered Andrew Little, and now twenty-seven percent. And when the caucus gets a chance, look, it's early days, but this looks like they've made a pretty good move, right? And I think that they're really going to have to have a look at this. I think National loves the idea that the wider Labour Party. Imagine if National <laughs> had its leadership selected by Business New Zealand and a few big company boards, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Now, who have... would they pick? Yeah. They would pick the person that most represented what they wanted. And you'd end up with someone at the Morris Williamson end of the National Party that the business community would love and the public wouldn't elect. And I really think, and if you go back, Tim, to Mike Moore's comments to to us in the ninth floor, he said that was Labour's major problem. Uh, You know, I, I think he's got a real point here, and I think this illustrates 
to Labour. They've had to do this under crisis, but what say their caucus had been able to select its own leader some time ago? And even under crisis, they managed to do it in a tidy way, yeah. uncontested, Bam. so that there was no kind of backbiting. The appropriate people nominated the the leader mm. and the new leader and the new deputy. They ripped the band-aid off because they realised they could not have any more infighting or backbiting. No. And, and to be credit, Andrew Little, you know, has unified the party and they are, that, that's probably his legacy. Indeed. And, to the and, and the unification also happened with appointing Calvin Davis a, as deputy. Yeah, I think this is really interesting and I think, again, it harks back to that message, if you keep doing the same thing, you get the same result. So I don't think they could have put up two kind of, can I say, retreads. You couldn't have two people that had been together in no. a previous leadership um, campaign. You couldn't have had Grant Robertson and Jacinda again. Yeah, yeah or you needed a different look. And it's interesting when you think about it. First deputy, Māori, leader of the Labour Party in 100 years. He is a good look for them. And also, I think, because you've had all this hoopla over the Māori electorate MPs coming off the list, this says we value, we put some stock in the fact that this man is a Māori, he is, he's the deputy leader, he has um, mana and he's in this position. He's got the corrections spokesperson portfolio. I reckon he'll hang on to it because he's made good headway in that. He's also Māori Development, and I think he will make a real move to step up and in that a, space. And he's a bit older too, isn't he? They yep. look quite yep. good 15? together. It's, well, it's, it's you know, I mean, he's an older look, so it's a. It's, they, they look quite good together, don't they? They do. They do. And and in terms of bolstering that vote that they've been shedding, um, there will be Maori voters out there who had felt that Labor had not been showing respect. Yes. Um, you know, Andrew Little had had been quite confrontational to the Maori Party, and therefore to Maori in general. Um, uh, Calvin Davis builds that bridge again, and that puts real pressure on the Maori Party. It's it, it's, it's, it, it really put. You would think that Labor's confidence in those Maori seats is much stronger. Well, Tutu Morgan well. was interesting on Morning Report on oh, Thursday morning. Oh, the dance morning. card is being reshuffled. <laughs> yeah. he, was, he was putting out the olive branch and saying we could, we could work with you and acknowledge that a lot of Maori Party voters who vote for their candidates in the electorate seats yep. are, are Labor supporters on their party vote. And he seemed to be saying, hey, the phone's back on the hook. It for really us. is. It really is, and and that's a great phrase because the phone is back on the hook for so for, with Labour now for in so many ways. And we that's, probably need to update that for the for the digital. Age, we do, we do, don't we? we don't. <laughs> yeah. you know, they've come back into your we've shop. Got coverage they've, again. They've got, exactly. Yeah, got coverage again. That's what they've got. <laughs> that people will take another look at Labour yeah. now. And in it just this might. reshuffle, I'm also wanting to know she's giving herself 72 hours. We can expect probably some policy announcements, some right. sweet perhaps. We're, we're what halfway through. We're 48 hours through that. Well, she's education. Education. She's she's earmarked it. So what? Bring forward the. The free, yeah. the free education policy, something like that. Because, I mean, they're not going to want to ostracise older voters, but there's this huge catchment of younger voters who are disinterested. You know, we're talking about 799,000 voters between the age of 18 and 29, and only 62% of them turned out last time. She can mobilise just a few of those. Um, she is looking at a good wadge of extra votes. The other thing is, will any of those Māori um, MPs or candidates Get, will they get some meteor roles, a shuffle of portfolios? Yeah, we Are we going to see some different faces? I'd like to wrap this up with the impact on two of the other significant parties, Greens and New Zealand First. When you look at the problems for Andrew Little, some of them stemmed from his relationship with the Greens. He got, in the end, as a lunch eaten by Matiria Today, didn't he? Well, the Greens um, will say that... And some people will argue that the MOU 
MOU was uh, in the Memorandum of Understanding was strangling the Labour Party. How do you guys see this change in leadership affecting the relationship between Labour and the Greens? The Greens will say that they did their part of the deal by getting to 15%. Labour failed in their part by not getting to 35%. Labour will say, you were stealing our votes, you buggers. Um, and this is the problem. This is where it actually matters where we talked about this boost for, for, for Labour potentially, um, but it matters where those votes come from. Yeah, they can take the votes back off New Zealand first and Greens and get back up there, but they actually want to be taking votes off National. So if there is a reshuffle, is there is if there is new policy, they have to find something that will actually eat into National vote. They've got to play to the centre. Materia Ture now has pretty much got the, you know, let, get, give her the left. She's, you know, she's she's fighting the anti-poverty beneficiary battle. That's fine. Labour can focus That's on... That's going to be on really on interesting. Trying to get possible, some votes off. But interesting, English. isn't it? Because Jacinda Ardern is probably seen to be more of the left to the left of the party. Yes. I had an interesting discussion yeah, with her this and I was, I, that's what I'm smiling about yeah. because it, it was um, and also be in the context of what James Shaw said about her, he could barely contain his excitement, I think, at this leadership change in terms of the interviews I've heard with him. Described her as charming, warm, funny, intelligent and her politics are rock solid. By that, does he mean it's good that but she's what, a pragmatic idealist? Well, that's the phrase <laughs> that she gave me. I was asking her whether she described herself as a socialist because she was the president of the International Socialist Youth. And, yeah, I mean, it's just interesting to characterise her politics. So people have been talking about her a lot, but do we actually really know no. where she stands on these things? I mean, if you look at you know, socialism in, in a Western sense of, I don't know, higher tax rates, possible, um, you know, state ownership of, of more of your assets, big spending on free health and education, those sorts of things, you know, a Jeremy Corbyn kind of platform, a Bernie Sanders kind of platform. You know, we haven't seen any of that really from Jacinda so far. So we, what does she actually... That, that, no, that's really interesting. She Yet she was also in the... She grew up, uh, you know, at uh, the skirts of, of yeah. Helen and Clark, and so she but knows about grew up the centre. In a National Party family. I yep. think she says that she's still, still, still got some, as Helen Clark did. Helen yeah. Clark's parents famously voted National until she came along. But I think there's a problem that there is a that 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 sense that she is on the left. She and, and that's in a funny way. We've just said how everything changes for National. In a funny way, nothing changes for National. They can still run their lines that this is that that Labour is tax and spend, that they can't be trusted with the economy, that this would be an unstable trio. Do you reckon they're going to go a bit, a bit nasty in the campaign? I, I would not put it past them. No, I don't mean that in a pejorative sense for them. It's just, it's a, I think there's a logical well, thing there. You do, the you economy, you do, you do. And the economy is, you spoke to her a couple of weeks ago as deputy, yeah. and you talked to her on, on The Nation, and you talked to her about tax rates and so forth. She did not have strong answers on those. She's not a natural economist. So, I, you know, Bill English is. He will play to his strengths and mm. attack her on that. Yeah, absolutely. And she's still banging the same drum that Andrew Little was. Health, housing, education. She brings that up every time that she's asked. So when when yeah. Tim says that National can still run the same strategy, I agree with him because she is talking about the same policies and Andrew Little felt just as strongly about those policies too. And that economic stuff, she has to move from likability to electability. That isn't us calling time, but we're, we're nearly out of time. That's me hitting the whiskey bottle. Well, not literally. <laughs> well, that's literally. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Watkins has kindly brought into the studio to, to remind us just, just not to Let's leave Let's not Winston forget out. about Winston. Just in the last, just the last minute, Winston. 
Can I just very bit look? I brought the bottle in because she there was, was some asked, wasn't there, she? there was some interesting tweets yesterday about about um, just an, and she mentioned her her fondness for whiskey. And um, Winston Peters tweeted yesterday he prefers them less peaty, uh, um, and than than the ones that were photographed in her office. I, I just thought that was kind of fascinating. Um, because just wind, to set the context would, for people, I don't think he, he would have. Li- I don't think he would have liked it. Yeah, she, she was. Asked. Asked, she was asked how she would deal with Winston Peters, and one of her lines, a nice little line, was, yep. "Well, she's got some common ground because she likes single malt whiskies." And remember, the, the bottle of whiskey has has a, a place in New Zealand political history, doesn't yes. it? Because of course, Jenny Shipley came in saying uh, to the Prime Ministership role, saying she wouldn't be running the country over a bottle of whiskey. So it's a nice little so, uh, just use so of, could. Um, And also, did Bolger have a whiskey and an apology oh, as well? He did. Wasn't that? Oh, for oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. the point. The point point I'm just making is that um, Winston uh, now is actually back in the box seat again. If Labour had continued to fall away, yes, there was talk around how he could usurp them in some way, but that was always you know, unlikely. Now, if Labour is stronger, Winston can start playing the two major parties off against each other. He's back in the kingmaker. He can go either way. With, with, with Labour week, yeah. he only could really go with National. Yeah, see, I, now I he's actually I, strong again. I, I, I see this as worse news for Peters than Reckon? that. Reckon? Yeah, no, in, my, in, my I... view, in my view, because you know he was getting all the attention and all the limelight. Now yep. he's not the shiny new thing that no, people want to play with not. anymore. And, um, but he could be he, less, he could actually, you know, he could lose some vote but become more powerful. Mm. And you don't think that that's just a passing thing? Because obviously, have we heard Matidia's name spoken this week? Barely anything because no. of what's happened. So no. the oxygen has been oh, taken yeah, back. But be it's back. only because it's, <laughs> yeah, it's only because it's a fresh new thing. He'll be back and so will we. <laughs> Indeed. Next week we will be back. But thank you everyone for listening. Thank you to Blair um, on the desk over there. Thank you to Copra Audio who made our theme music. If you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever, please do subscribe so that we're um, with you again next week. If you enjoyed this, the Slice of Heaven documentary on series on uh, immigration wraps up this week. Four parts on our website and on iTunes. And we will be back next week with another caucus meeting. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.